Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. My guest today is Nick Patrick, who is the CEO and co-founder of a U.S.-based company, a New York-based company called Radar. Um, so on their site, their tagline is that they make SDKs and APIs to power location-based experiences across hundreds of millions of devices worldwide. So um, quite a claim, so we're going to dig into that. Nick, welcome to the show. Very excited to hear your story. I, uh, I have to admit, I've been, I've been tracking your company for, for several years. Um, so if I, if I understand correctly, you got your start in Geospatial at Foursquare, um, and, and now, of course, you, you and others then started Radar some time ago. So um, tell, us, tell us who you are, what Radar is, particularly given the context that I think many of our listeners might not know it because you're kind of more focused on the U.S. market. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Ed. Um, it's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, founding team of Radar met at Foursquare a little over a decade ago, which is, is hard to believe, but um, that was where I personally first fell in love with location and kind of got exposed to all of the cool consumer side things you can do with location. Um, I left Foursquare to run product at a company called Handy, which was kind of like an Uber for uh, home services. So think like on-demand cleaning and handyman services. Okay. And there there we had to build a bunch of uh, location features in-house. So kind of Uber style, you know, track service providers on a map, calculate ETAs to, to arrival, and had to build a bunch of our own internal location tracking capabilities, kind of a mashup of stuff built in-house and Google Maps APIs, really tough to build. Um, you know, a tool like Radar did not exist at the time. So kind of took those two experiences, uh, mashed them together, and set out to start a, you know, really developer-friendly, full-stack location tracking and geofencing company, and that, that turned into Radar. Well done. Correct. And, and when exactly did you start Radar? This is... Yeah, we started the company back in about 2016, so we've been around for... Um, I guess launched in 2017, so you know, launched six years ago, which is hard to believe. But um, today we're a little over 50 people based in New York. Uh, we've raised about 85 million dollars from some great investors, a um, couple hundred uh, uh, enterprise customers, a couple thousand developers on the platform, and um, doing about 100 billion API requests per year across 100 million devices. So it's it's been really awesome to see it take off, and kind of still feels like we're just getting started. Wow. Okay. Congrats. Very impressive. Um, yeah. So speaking of getting started, I mean, Foursquare for me was like the company that kind of put consumer uh, location-based services, you know, that, that made the mass market aware of consumer location, uh, of these location-based services, particularly when smartphones came out. I remember the iPhone came out and the fact that you could all of a sudden, you know, see where you are on the map and it would move when you moved and then the, obviously checking in and things like that. So so you were there, and then, and then you, you know, now, now you, now you're running radar. What, what has changed over this span of time? Like, what are the, what, are, how have things evolved? Give us your perspective. Give us the, um, sure, yeah, the big picture. Yeah, I was, um, I was determined to get a job at Foursquare. I, I, I loved the the Foursquare app. I, I still check in on Swarm. I, I think I'm one of the the last few uh, remaining. But um, it was an awesome place to work. I, I wasn't there that long. But yeah, I, I felt like they were really at the forefront of all the things you could do with location, whether it was you know, location or app features or you know, searching for, for nearby places. They obviously built up you know, a really impressive POI database. 
Um, I didn't work on this directly, but but when I was there, they started to develop um, Pilgrim, which was their sort of passive location tracking and, and kind of recommendation engine. And that was really cool to see. Um, and, you know, I think they were doing it at a time when a lot of things were different. Um, you know, the hardware wasn't quite as good and, and you know, as accurate. Um, you know, there was not a separate background location permission on iOS or Android at the time. Um and, you know, over time, I think those two things have changed quite significantly. One, you know, location permissions have changed a lot. Apple and Google have really raised the bar for requesting location permissions. And obviously now there are separate background location permissions that are quite quite hard to, um, to prompt for. And then, you know, I think core location on iOS and, you know, play services location on Android have gotten a lot better. And the hardware has gotten a lot better. And, um, you know, RSDK aims to abstract away all of the you know, cross-platform differences and challenges related to, to working with location services, but we're, we're kind of standing on the shoulders of giants. So, you know, privacy and permissions have, have changed a lot. Things have gotten a lot harder. Um, but the level of accuracy and, and all the things you can do with location have, um, have improved quite a bit. So I think those are the two biggest changes over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Okay, well, well, let's talk about some of those things that, that you are, you, your company is doing and, and that how are your customers using these technologies and APIs? I mean, I... I I'm familiar with some uh, of the more interesting campaigns, and actually, there, there's one that we have to talk about because it's 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 so clever, which is the, of, of course, the um, the Whopper Detour campaign. So maybe I, I I know many people in Europe might not know about this. So please take us through that campaign, but then then tell us about some of the other. What are the common use cases for these services that you're providing? Yeah, yeah. The Whopper Detour campaign, the, the idea was um, basically this, this was a campaign that Burger King uh, ran, Radar helped power it, where um, this was in the Burger King app, but if you visited McDonald's, they basically said, hey, you should come to Burger King instead, and, and they incentivize you to do it by uh, letting you order a Whopper for, for a penny. So I think a, you know, a really cool example of a, um, what you might call a you know, competitive conquesting or you know, geo-conquesting campaign um, I think it's really representative of you know what we call uh, geofencing 1.0 use cases. So I think when a lot of people think about geofencing, they think about um, you know background location, they think about location-based reminders and notifications, and um, I think that's still really important. That's obviously a big part of of what we do and you know what we power at Radar. But we've seen a lot uh, you know a lot of folks investing in more foreground-centric, app-centric. Um, Location use cases. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, a lot of our retail and restaurant customers are now investing in um, what they call and we call in-store modes. So you know, a lot of the apps that we use every day, they're kind of static, regardless of whether or not you you know open the app sitting at home on your couch or uh, open the app in a store. And so we have a lot of customers that are using geofencing to say, if, if, if you open the app and you're inside of a geofence. Uh, let's show you the most relevant app features and pop up an in-store mode with, you know, in-store only offers or scan and pay features. So kind of foreground geofencing type use cases. Um, this also kind of exploded for us during COVID, but, but a lot of our retail and restaurant customers wanted to use location signals to improve the order pickup process. So if, if um, you place an order for uh, a burger, um, and fries, you, you obviously want, you know, the burger to be hot and fresh. You want the fries to be crispy. Um, so how can the restaurant understand when you're five minutes away, when you're two minutes away, you know, sequence orders accordingly, um, you know, help you as the customer understand where to go on our, on arrival. Um, so this, honestly, this, this we power with a feature that we call trip tracking, but it almost looks more like a navigation use case 
that's kind of not navigation. It's more about arrival detection. Um, and you know, obviously geofencing can power use cases like that as well. So we've seen more of these operational and foreground use cases um, you know, exploding over, over the last couple of years. Are you working directly with these big retail brands or you do it through an agency or, or you know, like some, there's a creative agency that kind of comes with the ideas or, or, or a technical implementation agency or how does Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we work with brands big and small, um, you know, so, uh, trying to think about, um, you know, some brands that might be relevant or known, um, in the EU, you know, we work with some Burger King brands over there. Uh, in the U.S., we work with Levi's and American Eagle Outfitters. Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods is a big um, uh, sporting goods retailer over here. And um, some of the bigger companies, you know, have in-house development teams, and they, they they really have creative ideas for you know features they want to build in their app or campaigns they want to run. Um, you know, our SDKs and APIs are integrated directly in their apps. So yes, we're working directly with with them. Um, but we also have a ton of partners that are, you know, digital agencies. We work with a lot of technology partners, and oftentimes partners will help, um, you know, smaller brands, um, you know, integrate tools like Radar and, and and push the envelope. So it's a mix of both. Well, what, the reason I ask is often, you know, there's such a long chain from someone having the idea of like, oh, you know, let's figure out the location of all the McDonald's. You know, so you go to McDonald's, and then we're going to tell you, uh, ping you with a coupon for Burger King. Like someone has to get all that data of all the McDonald's. You know, clean it up. You know, and you know, the more links in the chain of people working on this, the harder projects like that become. You know, and, and yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you manage all that? And how do you are you, or are you providing the data, or the customer brings the data? Or that's a great question. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. Um, obviously, if you are, um, you know, McDonald's, for example. Uh, McDonald's knows where all of the McDonald's are. Um, they have a store locator and they have a database of that information somewhere. So they might want to create custom geofences with their own metadata, you know, store IDs, open hours that, that they sort of own. So we, we, we started with just the ability to create custom geofences. Um, but then we had, you know, customers saying, well, hey, we also want to know when somebody's at a Walmart. Um, and maybe that's for competitive conquesting type use cases, but we also work with a lot of um, you know, payments and rewards apps that have hundreds of merchant partners, and they don't want to go and license all this POI data themselves. Right. They, um, they ideally would just access it out of the box. So we added um, what we call uh, place detection, and we've licensed a bunch of uh, POI data from a variety of different sources. So we know where all the McDonald's are in the world. We know where all the Walmarts are in the world. Um, and you can create custom geofences, or you can tap into our out-of-the-box POI data. We can help you um, basically match your custom geofences to place polygons to sort of you know heal your geofences or get really accurate building footprints. So I, I think you know our sort of north star vision for geofencing is you don't need to draw geofences at all. You can just say I care about these places. Here's the name. Here's the address, and radar will handle. The polygons and keeping them up to date, and you know, adding new ones as as new stores come online, disabling geofences as as, as stores go offline. So I think there's a lot we can do with um, out of the box POI and address data. That's very impressive because that I mean that's the nightmare, right? Maintaining all that data, and particularly then you have like COVID, where many stores close, and and all of a sudden everyone's database is no longer fresh, and uh, you know, very challenging, very challenging to do that, uh, particularly. And just to be clear, you you're 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 based in the U.S. and and your I guess many of your customers are the U.S. But you're potentially that these campaigns are running worldwide. Is that correct? 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about 70% of our customers are in the U.S., 30% international. We have some in the EU. We have some in Latin America. We have uh, some in Southeast Asia. Um, you know, I think there are, there are geofencing use cases around the world for the out-of-the-box data sets that we offer. Um, we've been more focused on North America, so, um, you know, really ensuring that we have full POI coverage in the U.S. first, um, you know, for things like address data, for, you know, geocoding, autocomplete type use cases, you know, priority is, uh, is the U.S., but, um, you know, we're, we're super customer-driven when it comes to our product roadmap. Started powering these, you know, background-centric use cases with custom geofences, but then we had, say, you know, folks say, hey, you know, we want to do competitive conquesting. We want more accurate, you know, geofence polygons. Hey, can you power our store locator as well? So we've, we've kind of been expanding our, our product capabilities accordingly. Very nice. Very nice. What, what, any other, what are the cutting-edge use cases these days? Like, what are the things that... Um that, that the ideas that people are working with and, and how often do those ideas kind of bump up against kind of privacy type things and, or, or technical challenges? Sure. You know, I, I think, um, we're starting to see, um, more and more what we, what we sort of broadly call operational use cases. I, I mentioned the sort of order ahead, order firing use case, um, that same trip tracking functionality. We, very deliberately built to support things like fleet tracking and delivery tracking and, and, and workforce management. So there's some cool applications there. Um, we think the location verification space is really interesting. So um, Foursquare actually dealt with this problem back in the day. People would spoof their location and kind of jump around the world to collect all these badges. Right. You want to be able to detect that and prevent that. And there are all sorts of um, situations where, where you might want to detect that. Maybe you're a retailer and you're offering, you know, a really valuable in-store only coupon. You want to make sure somebody's actually in store to access it. Um, uh, mobile gambling and fantasy sports is exploding in the U.S. Uh, there are different laws by state, so you need to understand. You know, is this person in New York or New Jersey? And then, if gambling is legal in a state but not in another state, you want to make sure that folks aren't able to spoof their location to appear to be in a state where gambling is legal to access these features. There's things like media and streaming and payments where you know people use VPNs or you know, GPS spoofing software. We see that as fundamentally a geofencing use case. Um, and so that's, that's something that we're seeing more and more interest in. Um, and we're thinking about how we solve as well. That, 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 yeah, I hadn't considered that, the, the spoofing issue and people trying to cheat. Good point. Good point. How do you, how do you not, I, I mean, you know, as a, as a small company trying to move quickly, how do you not get bogged down in the details of these different campaigns? Because that's the endless nightmares, all these little edge cases, and then, you know, or, you know, oh, this guy's cheating. So then you got to build an anti-cheating system, but like, you know, then you're spending, you know, half your engineering on, on the 1% of the users, you know, how, how do you balance all that? Sure. I think that's actually one of the biggest challenges for us, but also the biggest opportunities for us is, you know, like a Twilio, for example, um, you know, we're a truly cross-vertical platform, right? So we work with retail and restaurant customers, but we also work with real estate customers and travel customers and delivery apps and, and, and gaming apps. But I think what's really cool about location is if, if you zoom out, there are applications across verticals and a lot of the same you know, building blocks or APIs that, that might be useful to a retailer are also going to be useful to a travel app, um, are also going to be useful to a, to a gaming app. So rather than thinking about, um, you know, one-off solves for individual customers, we, we try to take a platform-centric lens to everything. 
Um, some of our competitors are very vertical specific. They just work with gaming companies. They just work with uh, restaurants or retailers. Gotcha. And um, we, we think that by having that, you know, truly universal cross vertical view, um, it, it, it forces us to make the platform better. Um, you know, we are very hands-on. I think one of the things that distinguishes us from some of our competitors, distinguishes us from, say, a Google Maps platform, is we're, we're very hands-on um, when it comes to support and, and implementation guidance. You know, things like how do I maximize, you know, accuracy while minimizing battery drain? Um, iOS 17 is coming out. Like, what new permissions prompts, um, you know, changes? Other, how do I navigate that? How, how do I... You know, build the best experiences with um, you know users' privacy in mind. Um, there's there's an opportunity to be very helpful and consultative here. So we do try to offer that type of support to our, our enterprise customers as well. So challenging though, especially with these mass market brands where you know people have such a. It's not like everyone has the brand new iPhone, right? People have super old legacy phones, and um, and you've got to support those cases as well. So difficult, difficult. Um, I guess so. One question I have, as as, as a technology provider to, to many of these well-known brands, right? You're you're really at the interface of how these millions of consumers interact with these location services, um, and and obviously a key component of that is the data. So, how what's your status on things like open data versus versus are you using open data or are you using closed data? What's your relationship with the OpenStreetMap community? Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. a huge topic has been now the the announcement of Overture coming. How do you how do you see yeah. that? Um, uh, and then also maybe I, I mean not to throw so too much you know, all at once, but one one challenge I see with anyone building consumer facing location services is that Google Maps is the standard, right, in what consumers expect, and so it's so hard to to match the resources that Google can throw at things. How do you, how do you, and, and the consumer expectation that things will be like Google? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this is actually another thing that I think has changed quite a bit since we started the company is I feel like mapping and POI data are becoming increasingly commoditized in a way that I think is ultimately really good for the ecosystem. And, you know, when we set out to, um, you know, launch our place detection and license POI data, you know, in, in the early days of the company, there weren't that many options. And the options that were there were exorbitantly, you know, restrictive or expensive. And I think that's really changing. Um, so we do use open data um, in, in, in some situations. We're really excited uh, about Overture Maps Foundation and kind of thinking about ways that we could take advantage of data sets they might release, data sets that we might be able to contribute, um, you know, in a, in, in a privacy conscious way. Um, we have tremendous respect for Google Maps. A lot of our customers will use radar for geofencing um, and Google Maps for geocoding and autocomplete and you know store locator type features. The biggest thing that we're hearing right now is um, Google Maps is really expensive and it's kind of a pain to maintain two separate location vendors. Um, it's part of the reason that we launched some basic geocoding and, and routing APIs. Um, you know, I think there are limits to um, how good open data is right now, so you have to supplement with commercial data sets. But I'm optimistic that, you know, five to ten years from now, open data is going to get better and better. You know, some of these bigger companies like AWS and Meta and Microsoft are, are, are going to get more involved here. Um, and we're thinking about ways that we can get, get involved there as well. So, you know, one talk track for us is really resonating in market right now is, you know, we're the all-in-one location platform. Um, we can, you know, location really touches every part of the customer journey from 
store locator to order ahead to in-store experiences. We want to solve all of those things for you. Um, there's no reason to work with you know a different you know point solution or location vendor for 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 each part of that journey. So, yeah, we're really excited about this. We're thinking about ways that we can get involved and contribute. Um, you know, thinking about what what radar maps um, you know looks like and can we can we leverage um, uh, some of the great tools that are out there? We're following the Map Libre project very closely and and, and kind of thinking about all the different ways that we can. Both use those things um, to you know, deliver more value for for our customers, but also contribute to and sponsor and, and, and give back to those communities too. So, something we're thinking a lot about right now. Would that be good? Yeah, that'd be good. But not not easy, man. As a as a you know a small company, and, and the reality is everyone's small compared to the Googles and Apples of the world. Uh, you know, with the just the the massive investment that they put in over so many years. Uh, a in the technology, but also just in the branding, in the consumer expectation, you know, of, of so. Um, yeah, I mean, there, you know, there isn't a single retail or restaurant, you know, brand out there with with more than you know a handful of locations that doesn't have some store locator. You know, chances are they're using a Google Maps or something like that. And um, you know, again, tremendous respect for Google. They've they've. Nobody's better in the you know nobody's nobody's better than them in the world at search. Um, they've built up a tremendous data set, but I do feel like uh, it is a good thing that um, you know some of these projects like Overture Maps Foundation are, are are getting getting big backing from 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 other big players, and we're we're very excited about that. I agree with that. I agree with that. It, it's not healthy if one player dominates the uh, the ecosystem at all. So. Um... So, so what's next for Radar? I mean, I guess you, you mentioned uh, expanding and becoming a full-service offering. Is that, is that kind of the, these are the next steps or what? It... Yeah, you know, I, I think um, there are a few things that, you know, we strive to be the best at. One is developer experience. So just continue to invest in our dashboard, our developer documentation, you know, debugging and observability features. Um, sometimes we talk about radar as the the missing observability layer, layer or, the, or the missing dashboard for location services. iOS and Android have a lot of great location services capabilities out of the box, but there's no dashboard to go with them. So if you miss a geofence entry event or something goes wrong, how do you see what went wrong? So that's a big area of focus for us. Um, you know, an, another thing that we aim to be the best at is is accuracy. Um, you know, and, and like I said. Um, the hardware is getting better. iOS and Android are getting better, um, but we're seeing a lot of of interest in um, indoor location and 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 you know a higher degree of accuracy than you might be able to get with just GPS um, and you know just geofencing. So we added Bluetooth beacon detection. You know I feel like Bluetooth beacons had their moment like five six years ago, and then the hype cycle kind of went away. Um, but we're seeing renewed interests there. Um, you know, what, what we found is that a lot of our retail and restaurant customers have beacon-capable devices installed on premises. They have Wi-Fi access points that can broadcast as beacons. They have iPads at the register. So, kind of thinking about ways we can support indoor location by helping our customers, you know, activate those sort of you know latent beacon fleets, um, if you will. And um, yeah, I, I think the other things we're thinking about, I sort of talked about a bit already. Um, we talk about Radar as the you know, all-in-one location platform, the, the full-stack location platform. The last thing that we're missing is maps. Um, we play really nicely with, with other uh, base maps, but I think by the time this um, podcast airs towards the end of May, we'll, we'll have a, a Radar maps um, uh, closed beta ready to go um, and kind of thinking about how, again, we can sort of leverage 
um, open data and, and, and contribute back to some of the really exciting projects in the space. So I think that's going to be the big focus for us is just developer experience, continuing to invest in accuracy and, and reliability and thinking about how we sort of, you know, put the cherry on top, so to speak, um, uh, to, to this all-in-one location platform that we feel like is really resonating in the market right now. Very exciting. Uh, yeah, your point on indoor mapping, we, there, there have been many presentations over the last uh, couple of years about all the different technologies and ways to do it and uh, the challenges of it, of course, and, um, you know, and at different levels of granularity, like, you know, permanent locations where it's like, okay, the store is there all the way down to like, where's the actual product in the store. Uh, very challenging, of course, to do that in a, in a scalable way. But, um, but it does seem to be coming. There are a lot of people working on this in, in all, you know, whatever the technology it is, whether it's Bluetooth or, or, or what, I feel confident, you know, we're going to see a lot of innovation there in the next couple of years. So. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, full-blown indoor wayfinding, like indoor navigation. Um, but there's something I think slightly easier to build and maintain and more abstract, which is I talked about these in-store modes, these in-store experiences. If you have a large footprint store or a mall, how do you get you know precise within those big indoor spaces? How do you have you know micro in-store modes? See a different uh, set of app features by the register versus in the shoe department versus in the golf department or or whatever. So I think there's lots of cool possibilities there that that um, you know folks are just just waking up to. Very cool, very cool. Also, um, congrats. I guess on the congrats in advance on the launch of Radar Maps. I'm, uh, I look forward to seeing it. So. Um. Okay, so any, any any final thoughts you want to leave people with, and um, and also what's the best way for people to learn more? Um, you, just through the website, or can they they ping you, or what, how should they get in touch? Sure, um, you can find us on the web at radar.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at radar labs. Um, you know, follow us, star repos on on GitHub. But um, whether you're, you know, a developer looking to build a new location-based app, or um, you know, a big brand um, who's looking for more of an enterprise solution, we'd love to chat with you. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, we've been kind of heads down building some really cool new things. You know, expect us to, you know, pop our heads up and start launching some really, uh, really exciting new stuff and making a lot of noise this this summer and this fall. Uh, we have a big conference in September called Radar IRL, um, which folks can feel free to. Um, uh, join the join the wait list and uh, yeah it's 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 going to be a big year I, I think um, you know despite the fact that you know smartphones are kind of 15 years old at this point and location services have been around for a while it still feels like we're just scratching the surface and you know we want to be that platform that kind of ushers in the the next generation of uh, location based experiences. Very cool, very cool. I, I hope also at some point we can welcome you or one of your colleagues to a GeoMob event, be it in London or somewhere else in Europe. So. Um, we would love that. Look forward to, to making that happen. Thanks very much for coming on the show, Nick. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is Geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a Geomob event soon.